electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Disney definitely in focus for today's tech check with a crackdown on password sharing. One of the many headlines from those strong earnings. Julia Borston has more on the quarter. Hey, Julia. Well, Carl, Bob Iger laid out a new plan to make streaming a key growth driver for Disney. And part of that streaming plan includes a new focus on ad-supported streaming. Iger announcing that Disney Plus with ads now has 3.3 million subscribers. He also announced price hikes of the ad-free versions of Hulu and Disney Plus to drive consumers to adopt the dual revenue ad-supported versions. Now, Disney's raising prices on ad-free Disney Plus to $14 from 11 and Hulu to 18 from $15, while ad-supported Disney Plus and Hulu Plus, those prices are going to stay unchanged. He's also talking about cracking down on password sharing as yet another way to make money from streaming. Iger saying they have the tools in place and also a plan to roll out tactics to drive monetization of account sharing next year. Iger acknowledging that he's taking a page from Netflix and also praising Netflix's strategy. Take a listen. Our streaming business is still actually very young. In fact, it's not even four years old. Um, it launched in November of 2019. Um, and we love, we'd love to have the margins that Netflix has. They've accomplished those margins, though, over a substantially longer period of time. And they've done so because they figured out how to really carefully balance their investment in programming uh, with their pricing strategy. Yeah, as Iger thinks about balancing investment with pricing, Bernstein today writing that Disney's D2C segment should hit break-even quickly once the second set of price increases hits these streaming options. Carl? You know, Julia, uh, you know, the other stocks in the uh, in the sector are also up uh, along with Disney today. Perhaps there's this perception out there that uh, you kind of raise the pricing umbrella for streaming services around the uh, the industry. Uh, everyone is rethinking the right level of investment. Uh, and we have the strikes ongoing, which obviously has every company trying to figure out just exactly how much new content they need. It might even be a real world experiment in figuring out how subscriber flows behave when you're putting less new stuff up there. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely going to be an experiment as they figure out how carefully and slowly they can titrate when they deliver new content on the streaming services. Um, but I think you're right that this has just been a sea change in terms of how every media giant thinks about streaming. The focus now is on profitability. We've heard a ton about the cost-cutting um, piece of this. Obviously, Iger announced that they were further ahead than expected in terms of cost-cutting, and that's been a huge priority of Disney's. So you have the cost-cutting piece, you have the pricing piece, 
piece. Um, and then the, the sort of in-between piece is how much and which types of content they're going to need to be spending on to make sure that they attract and retain subscribers. I mean, one thing we haven't talked about today that much is the fact that overall streaming subs for Disney Plus actually declined. But if you look just at the core Disney Plus subs, if you exclude the India Hotstar subs, who are much less valuable, there was a slight increase from the prior quarter to this quarter. So Disney's really focused on the profitable subscribers and trying to make sure they are even more profitable. But if Disney's raising prices, that definitely means that everyone else has a little bit more flexibility as well. Yeah, uh, yeah it's hard to get past those cricket rights. I think people were uh, going in with their eyes wide open. Two other things, Julia. One is Iger's comments about respecting creatives and how that changed uh, regarding uh, the tone with the unions. And then the investor day. There's been some notes arguing that there's not a lot of enthusiasm because there's not a CFO at the moment and people aren't sure how granular Iger can get next month. Yeah, I mean, it was weird to have a, have a Disney call with that. Christine McCarthy was the longtime CFO on the call. Um, I, I think going back to your to your first question about the strikes, there were comments that Bob Iger made in his interview with David Faber uh, last month about his frustration around the lack of progress around negotiation of the strikes. Iger's comments were really flagged as, um, as, as concerning to a lot of people here in Hollywood. And I think as a result, he drew a lot of criticism for those comments. On the call yesterday, he was really trying to walk back, saying he respects creatives. He's really focused on finding a solution. Um, and I think he was really trying to sound a little bit more conciliatory yesterday. And that was the message I heard. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a crazy time here in the industry. But I think it'll be interesting to see how the, the work stoppages, both of actors and writers, has these long-term implications um, on the whole industry, and particularly on the broadcast business, which is something that Disney is obviously concerned about. Linda Yaccarino, newly appointed CEO of Musk Controversial X, sitting down with CNBC today and saying that the company is soon to be cash flow positive. I've been at the company eight weeks. The operational run rate right now, we're pretty close to break even. Close to break even. Close to break even. We're pacing well. When you think about uh, the cost discipline that I mentioned, and I mean incredible cost, discip- uh, cost discipline before I arrived at the company. She also said that X is starting to hire again after Elon Musk cut the number of employees from around 8,000 to over 1,000 now. Our Julia Borson joins us now to discuss. Julia, I, I guess my question is, uh, Linda Yaccarina went in there with her advertising background Has she captured the market already, or is it just too soon to say? I mean, look, we don't have data on what's going on inside the organization, but the fact that she shared that they're close to break even does indicate uh, progress. She also talked a lot about how they're working on things like trust and safety. These are things that are obviously big concerns with advertisers. And what she laid out was a vision of, um, and I'm going to use her words here, freedom of speech, not free reach, lawful but not awful, this idea that they want to enable really a free speech platform, but also create an environment that is very safe for brands. And that's clearly been a big priority for her, Steve. So it sounds like she's making progress um, and bringing more brands back on the platform. Um, But it's mostly to me fascinating to see how this company will fit into a much broader company with payments, with video calls, and really going beyond just being um, a platform for communication. What do we know about users and usage, Julia? Because I keep seeing these uh tweets out there from opponents or critics of X 
who say uh, it's over, it's done. I keep seeing these tweets from Elon Musk about how uh, uh, either viewership or usership or liking or seconding, whatever he uses that term, is near all-time highs. What's the real story? Yeah, I was looking to see if there were any numbers mentioned um, in her in her commentary. But I think the idea is that they're making it a safer platform. She said that people like the X rebrand. There was this question um, that Sarah wisely asked her about whether it was a mistake to give up the Twitter brand um, because it is so iconic, so popular. And many more people even know what Twitter is than are actually on Twitter. I myself find myself calling it Twitter instead of X now, um, even though it's been a couple of weeks. And so she's been talking about how people like that and this idea that they need to rebrand to liberate themselves from some of the restrictions of what Twitter was associated with and indicating that consumers are on board for that. So certainly it seems like it'll be a process, but we don't have you know, the kind of engagement numbers that we used to get from the company when it was public. I mean, we used to get daily active or monthly active monetizable users. Um, and then we would also see the engagement because that had a direct impact on advertising revenue. We don't was, get it because it's it, those numbers anymore because they're not public. I was interested, Julia, that just eight weeks after coming into office, she gave an interview. How important is it for a media company like X to have a face that people can look to, turn to, or identify with? Is she going to be that person and help the brand out in that regard? She, she is absolutely essential as the face of the brand, especially when it comes to advertisers, but also to big, high-profile people who want to be on the platform. If they're concerned that Elon Musk may be a little bit unpredictable, which is one word I'll use for it, unpredictable, they want to see that she is a solid, steady hand, making sure that it's a safe platform. She actually gave a really interesting answer to a question about her authority on the platform. A lot of people right. are saying, hey, isn't this all run by Elon Musk? She said, I have autonomy. I don't know if we have time to run that soundbite. Elon focuses on product design. He leads a team of extraordinary engineers and focuses on new technology. So think about it as Elon is working on accelerating the rebrand and working on the future. And I'm responsible for the rest, running the company, from partnerships to legal to sales to finance, all the things. And you have what autonomy we, what, in doing that? Yes, I have autonomy in doing that. And I I think that's really what this interview is about. She wanted to make it clear she's running the business. She has these these safety issues under control. And Elon Musk may post what he does um, on the X platform, but she's the person who's making sure that it's a safe business investment for advertisers. Julia, great rundown. Thanks so much. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.